What is up and welcome to another edition of the All Basketball Podcast. And once again, I'm your host, Maurice Dixon, coming to you on October 26th. And late October, folks, means high school basketball preview time. And for this episode, we got longtime Jonesboro boys basketball coach Dan Melman on the show. How you doing, Coach Melman? Good. How are you, Maurice? Thanks for having me. Good, man. Thank you. Thank you for joining me once again. Um, remember, you first joined me on this platform last year. I appreciate you for that as, that as well. Um, but new season, 22-23 um, season. Um, wow, just the years seem to keep rolling by, but basketball is still being played. Um, how, what is your outlook for the, for the team for this season? Um, we have a we have a good group um, that's coming back. Yes. Sorry, Marie. Hold on. We do have a really good group that's um, that's coming back. Um, you know, we did graduate six seniors from last year's team that miraculously made the final four and was inches away from going to the state championship. I'm not sure how that all happened, but. Um, uh, we got a bunch of guards. Uh, we had a couple kids that were sitting out last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the kids that we have returning, um, you know, I, I, of course, right now I'm I'm always in the same where we're not very good right now, um, but we do have the opportunity to be um, pretty good when it counts in the end of January, February. Okay, and that that's. That's definitely what matters. Um, so your your team is, I guess you had trials recently. Um, you kind of got your team set. We are currently uh, the we are currently today uh, will be our last day of tryouts, um, and then we'll officially start practice tomorrow. Okay. Um, of course, we still have to hold another tryout because you know a lot of kids at Jonesboro uh, do play football. A lot of my kids do play football, so they're. Um, doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs, so it looks like they'll be out November 4th, um, or their last game is the 4th, and then they'll be out for a one-day tryout on the 6th, and then we'll have four days to get ready um, before our first live game. Okay, wow. So, um, obviously, when you're putting together a team, you want skill, you want experience, you want as much height as possible, um, the intangibles. But what are some of the things you specifically do to put together a team and, and where do you kind of draw or where have you kind of drawn that from over your with your coaching experience? Um, you know, the biggest thing with returning players, you know, and we try and build chemistry and, and unity is probably the biggest thing and trust. And we do that starting over the summer. You know, like this past summer, we played over I think 45 games um, together as a group, um, whether it had been in summer leagues or in the two live periods that we were invited to. Um, we also, um, like I said, you know, we have a new coach that's with us, uh, Demetrius Williams, that came to us. He's a, a young guy that played in South Alabama, played overseas professionally for a couple of years. Um, big time into training kids the right way. You know, I'm old school philosophy as far as you know how kids have to learn the fundamentals first he's the same but he's younger uh, he's probably 20 years younger than me um, so 
he had our kids in a strict weight uh, room regimen that I have, you know, with me over the past years. I just didn't have a chance to do it, especially with having kids. You know, our kids were never in the weight room. Um, you know, we played, but we've been in the weight room. We've been conditioning since, you know, July, June. Um, and it has, uh, it has transformed our kids. And that, you know, as far as the unity and, and the chemistry, you know, a lot of our kids, we've been together for, you know, we're not just coming into tryouts and we're going to try and figure it out from there. Like they've been together a lot since June 1st. Um, you know, and that's the biggest thing to me with coaching. Like, you know, it's back in the day when I was younger, I always thought it was about X and O's, you know, that's, that has a little bit to do with it. But, you know, if, if your kids don't, number one, trust each other and like each other, trust their coaches, like their coaches. And I'm not saying you got to be their friend, but because I'm definitely not. Um, but, you know, there's a, we try and build that family atmosphere to where they know we, we care about them like they're, you know, our own sons. And, and in return, they, they will bust through a wall for us. So, um, that's how we try and approach it. You know, everybody thinks it's about, again, like X and O's and all this coaching, you know, you gotta be a great coach, you know, to, to make your, you know, your teams be successful. It's, it's not really about coaching. Coaching is a lot more about, to me about uh, getting those kids to buy in and understand that you trust and love them. And then, then you can win some games after you, you develop that. Yeah, definitely. Um, not bad. Sounds like a good formula to, to go by, good philosophy. Um, specifically, tell me about some of the, some of the guys you got returning. Or you got um, guy who's on the football field. I think Devin something. Um, one of your, yeah, Devon. Devon. Yeah, Devon Rainey. Yeah, he's been a. He'll be a returning senior for me. I think he was just selected um, by um, Kyle Sandy. I think he had his preseason All-State teams. I think. He was selected as a second team, All-State preseason selection. Uh, I know he's rated as one of the top 10 shooting guards in the state of Georgia in the senior class. Um, he's got probably 15 offers for football. Um, he's verbally committed to Miami of Ohio right now for football. I think he was just offered by Buffalo and Arizona State the other day. So he's, he's being tremendously recruited for football. Um, as you know, and the basketball recruiting has changed so much with the transfer portal and all that stuff. So he has a lot of interest in basketball, but no straight up offers as of now. Um, but yeah, he's a very talented, you know, six, four long lefty, very athletic, can score, um, can do a lot of things. So um, he'll be our leader coming back. Um, we have uh, Jacquez Atkins, a 6'2". Uh, he'll be a senior guard. One of the, I don't know if you remember from last year, we had two kids that come to us from Forest Park. Oh. Um, and Jacquez, Jacquez was the state guard at Forest Park as a sophomore, so he didn't play at all last year um, because of you know some issues of where they – um, had to sit out a year um, from the GHSA, so um, so now they're eligible to play. He's eligible to play. He's you 
know, he was a 20-point scorer as a sophomore at, at Forest Park. So he's going to be a big part. Um, got Montez Redding, um, which is a junior. The other kid that came from Forest Park who was very talented guard. Um, we have A.J. Horton, um, which was played for us a good bit last year as a sophomore. Um, he's a 6'4 guard that uh, is a junior that's going to contribute and, and do a lot for us as well. Um, and then we have um, Cortez Redding, which is a ninth grader, which is Montez's younger brother. Um, he was rated uh, supposed to be the number one eighth grader in, in the state of Georgia. Please put that in there. In the state of Georgia, um, I don't know, you know, I don't keep up with that stuff. That's just what somebody told me. So, um, but he's a left-handed true point guard that will probably start for us. Um, and that hasn't happened very often. Maybe, you know, I think MJ might've been the only freshman that's ever started for me, uh, as a head coach. Um, so, um, he's got the chance to be really, really good. Um, and, you know, I, I could go through all our, you know, we got Malik Term and uh, a kid that's completely transformed and six four kid, but I have all guards. Um, I have no big guys. I have nobody that really is, we're not going to have anybody in the post. Um, we have 11 guys. We have another kid that moved in from California, Lathan Minifield, who's another guard. So we're going to be... Um, we're gonna be guard guard heavy, which but it's you know we'll probably be eleven, a legit eleven deep, and I'm only gonna carry eleven guys, but all eleven can play. Okay, no, nothing wrong with that. Besides, like you said, the, the the height becomes into it, but um, but it's not really a, I guess one thing to your advantage is not really a inside out game. It's a outside in game today, and with that with that three point shot, you can always. You can't, I mean, you can, you can't trade twos against threes, but you can trade threes and twos if you make enough. <laughs> yeah, you're correct. And I mean, you know me, I'm a big defensive guy, you yeah. know, and, and that's what we kind of, we work on defense in an hour and a half practice, an hour and 20 minutes. And then the last 10 minutes we work on offensive stuff. So, you know, we're quick, we're athletic. Um, so, our defensive philosophy is not going to change. We're going to we're going to press. We're going to throw a bunch of different stuff at you. We're going to pressure you man to man. And the biggest thing with not having size is you go back old school. We are going to have to team block out like we never have before because we are going to go against teams, especially with our schedule, um, where they're going to have some dudes that are um, a lot bigger or you know stronger. Um, and we're going to have to block out and, and rebound, team rebound. That'll, that is going to be a huge key for us this year. Okay. Hear you on that. Um, as far as your schedule, talk to me about a little more specifically um, what you got lined up outside of the, the region and everything. I know you guys are playing in some um, competition-heavy, um, neutral site type of games. So. Yeah, we, um, outside of our region, which I think is a 14 games in our region, we have 11 games where I think um, the first one, I think we play uh, McEachern, 
that'll be our first our first uh, good test out of region. Um, I think we played Creek. He changed the schedule on November 12th. We were supposed to play Southwest Cab, but we're going to play Creekside. That's a, a little a one day showcase. And then on December 17th, we'll be playing at Pace Academy. Um, they have a showcase which we'll we'll play against McEachern. Um, and then December 3rd, we go to Memphis to play against Memphis Douglas. And then over Christmas, the first tournament, national tournament we've been invited to was, it's called the Alpha Invitational, which will be in Kingsport, Tennessee. And that is a uh, 12-team double elimination tournament um, with teams from all over the country. And then we'll come home be home Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and then we'll leave back out the day after Christmas and head to the Beach Ball Classic um, in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which is a 12-team national um, tournament, which we've been to before, probably I'd say between them and, and the City of Palms, one of the two best high school tournaments I've ever ever participated in, so we're, you know, we'll be battle-tested there and then January 5th through the 7th, we'll be heading to Jacksonville, Florida. Um, to play down there in a pre-MLK classic against, I don't have the teams yet, but two of the top teams out of Florida. Okay, so um, a well-traveled schedule in many different places in the in the in the southeast. No, nothing wrong with that. Um, as far as your region, I think is is this a realignment year? So you're looking at new region opponents? Yeah, so we're in with um, we have Woodward, Alcove, Rockdale. Then us, Horse Park, Morrow, Mundy's Mill, and Lovejoy. Okay. What do you know about um I'm I'm not sure right now who you guys finished behind last year. Tri no. Tri Cities. Tri Cities. Okay, so that they're out. Uh, they're, they're... I didn't want I didn't want to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Tri Cities. They're um as far as your region, um what do you know about some of the other teams or willing to share? I don't I don't know a whole lot about Rockdale and Alcove. Um, I haven't played them for years. Um, of course, Woodward's been in our region the past couple of years. I know what they got. Um, Lovejoy Morrow. Um, haven't played against them in forever, so not really familiar with what they have. Um, Forest Park and, and Mondays Mill, they've been in our region the past few years, so... Um, I think it's going to be a good region. Um, I think everybody will be, I mean, I, if you look at from top to bottom, you know, I, I don't think anybody in there is going to just be like, you know, hey, we play them, that's going, we're going to beat them. It's not going to be like that. I think every night you're going to have to come ready to play, and you know as well as I do, um, you know, the tradition that we built at Jonesboro, we, we got that X arm, especially if we're playing at Clayton County School. We got that X on our back, so everybody's going to give us their best shot. I don't care if they're no good or people say that. They could be 1-20, and they're going to come at us like we're they're in the state championship. So we got to be ready every night. Yeah, definitely, because you're the um, Jones Bros, the only team that's you're, – you're nobody else has won since you guys won from Clayton, right? Won it all. No, the, on the boys' side, we're the only, yeah. only boys that have ever won, yeah. I think Forest Park girls just got it recently, didn't they? Didn't I see that? Am I reading that? Well, they lost last year to Woodward. Okay. I know they've been to two finals. They've lost to Woodward 
two years in a row in the finals, but I think Lovejoy's girls won it last year. That, that's what, okay, that's where it was. Yeah, they've been. Yeah, they won. They won it last year. <laughs> okay, I guess Forest Park just had. I want to say Sydney Bowles from Woodward. She was <laughs> killing. Yeah, from, that, <laughs> yeah, I think the girl that went to Georgia. I, yeah, that's yeah. Georgia. Um, I'm yeah. not sure where, but I'm pretty sure I, I've been. I was seeing like just um, stat lines, like <laughs> filling up every part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I watched. I watched her um, three or four times last year. She was mm-hmm. good. She was good, and they got. They're going to be really good. I mean, our girl, the girls' region side. I think mm-hmm. the rankings just came out today. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Lovejoy's two, Rockdale is three. Uh, Forest Park is five, and Woodward's like seven. Oh, yeah. That's a crazy girls' region. Mm-hmm. All in the same region. Wow. So, um, want to go back to last year a little bit. Um, like I said earlier, you guys were second in the region. Had a um, had a good season. Um, made a run there close at the end. Got to the final four. Um, pushed Eagles Landing to overtime. Um, what was that whole journey like? And then. The game up until um, pushing Eagle Army. I mean, almost going to the championship to play um, Tri Cities. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it was like any other season we've had, and especially the last three or four years, it's just been, you know, we, the kids. Um, last year, my kids didn't buy in, you know, until, you know, I mean, you want them to buy in once you get to the region tournament. And, it was a struggle during the regular season. You know, we had disciplinary actions. We suspended two or three starters uh, for multiple. I mean, we had three starters that were suspended for a good two weeks. You know, during the core of our season, um, and then you know, finally everybody kind of bought in uh, right there. I think we lost to Tri Cities in the region uh, championship, and. Um, once we hit the state playoffs, you, you know, we were able to see guys that were kind of on the fence of buying in and, and giving everything they had for, you know, their teammates. And then finally they did. And then we made that, made that run and got to the final four and had a good game plan. And we led the whole game in the final four and we're up six with a minute to go. And to be honest, the, you know, we've been to, I think we've been to eight or nine final fours. 17 or 18 years as, as being a head coach and I've never been up six with a minute to go and find a way to lose. You know, it was the first time that we've we just we had opportunities. You know, we went to the free throw line with guys that I felt like could, we just had to hit one free throw and um, we were just unlucky. And, you know, you go back and we go to overtime and we missed a couple free throws. We missed a blockout guy gets a hand one there in the last minute and then we miss a wide a pretty much a wide open layup to win the game in regulation and we go to overtime and lose and you know of course I went back and looked at it and said multiple things you know like coaches do when you, you know, like I could have I should have done this I should have done that I should have done that but when it came down to it you know we just it was unlucky you know sometimes you have things that go your way and sometimes you don't where there's some things that I, you know, there's some personnel maybe that I could have put on the floor, but maybe, but, um, you know, I've, 
I had the guys on the floor that I felt comfortable with and um, in different situations, you know, people were like, you know, the guy, you know, there was a certain kid that got fouled at the end that was a football player and he was about a 70% free throw shooter. And there was a guy on the bench that was an 84% free throw shooter. Um, and we looked at it like, you know, we could have, we should have put him in the game, but that same guy that we could have put in the game that shoots 84% from the free throw line in five or six other games during the season, we've been ball over and the other team got it and scored and we, we lost. So that was, you know, there's just so many different things that go into it. But, um, you know, if you, if you'd have told me we'd have been in the final four, um, in the middle of the season with the team I had last year and the way, you know, you know, the way you feel about guys from certain time one day, you're like, Oh, we could be good. And the next day you're like, Oh my God, these guys, I don't even want to go practice with them. And, um, yeah, if you'd have told me we would have had a shot to go play for a state championship, I'd have probably said, nah, you know, no, well, we're not going to do it with this team. But they, you know, they surprised me. They all bought in they clicked and, um, you know, we legit had a shot to play for another state championship. And, um, but, you know, it was a great year. Uh, you know, 21 and nine and finished ranked third in the state. Um, you know, I, I was, I was proud of the kids and, uh, you know, a couple of them went off to play college basketball. And, um, so it was another, another successful year. Okay. Yeah. No, nothing wrong with that. Um, definitely keeping that that trend going of um, successful seasons is always always a good thing. I know you're looking forward to adding to it this season. Uh, as far as last year, did you guys in your region did you play with the shot clock? In the region, yes. You did. Okay, so you did. Okay, so um, it's it's here now. All games, playoffs. Um, how are you feeling about it? How are you preparing your guys for it? And, Um, as far as the shot clock, I mean, it doesn't really, if you think about it, I mean, the way people, way kids play today and most, I mean, nobody's going down to, you know what I'm saying? Like that, everybody's going to shoot the ball within the first, you know, some shoot it within the first 10 seconds. And, you know, with the, with the, the crew that we have this year, you know, I'm not trying to like, we're not going to have a bunch of sets. We're not going to. You know, we're not going to sit there and try and run some kind of continuity offense. We're, you know, we're gonna we're gonna play defense and we're gonna try and score as quick as we can because, you know, the you know, as far as their IQ and stuff, it doesn't benefit to sit out there and run a bunch of screens. And now we're gonna have set plays for certain situations, but we're not gonna sit there and have them trying to make a bunch of reads. You know, that's just not it's not beneficial when you have a bunch of athletic guards that can get to the rim and finish and shoot the three so you know we're going the shot clock i really think is only going to come down to you know the end of halves you know like kind of like the nba when you you know you want to get two for one or something like that or the end of games um you know i think that's when the shot clock will come into play but during the you know the core of the game i don't think shot clocks really going have anything to, to do with you know how you approach the game okay I, I, I hear you on that yes it's when I when I watched some games I did see with it it was um you, all, you almost didn't notice it and then unless it was like 
yeah, yeah. Well, the fourth quarter you knew that okay a team couldn't just keep running the play and just trying to drain clock <laughs> yeah but, but that 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 never really came and that's why i mean Maurice, you know probably as well as i do that's why the shot clock was implemented mm-hmm. you know you had you had the the some people and i don't know who exactly they were but you know every year you would see one of those a school that had been ranked in the top four in the state all year and they had some you know they might have been some had some big dogs and they played somebody in the first or second round of the state tournament and somebody took the air out of the ball and ended up beating them and so you know people complained about that like we need to have a shot clock so people can't do that so that was the whole reason they implemented that shot clock was so that you know some people that might have a little lesser talent but still have the ability to you know sit there and hold the ball for five six minutes in a quarter and then at the end of the i mean it is ugly basketball but i mean you've seen it i've seen it and how we've done it before mm-hmm. like you know we're, we weren't going to sit there for a whole quarter but you know we were going to bring you out and yeah, if I knew I couldn't beat you in a 32-minute game, I was going to pull it out and try and make it a six-minute game. Mm. Yes, chess, not checkers. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> as far as um, some of your guys who recently went off, and um, I know you got, um, you mentioned M- MJ Walker earlier. I know he's, uh, I don't know where he specifically is. And, um, MJ's still with the Westchester Knicks, with the G no, League. He's in G League, okay. Yeah. Um, um, you know, we still have a couple guys that are playing professionally. Um, uh, Doobie Okiki, I don't know if you remember him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he's in Paris. Um, James White is still playing professionally overseas. Um, we still got a good bit of guys that are out there. Um, Jamari Smith, uh, that was originally at Queens, is graduated from Queens, was an All-American, has two years left, and now he's uh, he'll be playing at, um, at Murray State. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the two guys from last year that went on, Giannis Woods, um, a senior 6'7 kid, he's at South Georgia State. Um, and then Cayman uh, Brown ended up going to uh, 212 Prep Academy, which is a prep school in Florida. Um, he ended up going there. So, okay, because so you still. Um, I just remember when I was at the paper. Um, you know, you always um, bless me with a story <laughs> as far as some signing. Um, even though they might have been like, "Hey, you're doing too many signing stories," but I'm like, "Hey, it's it's news and it's <laughs> it's in Clayton County. This is the Clayton neighbor." But <laughs> I mean, these these guys should be acknowledge if they can publicly to a wider audience um on if they're advancing in basketball because it is a sports story but i understood yeah. but i mean you you always definitely gave i mean somebody was always signing to go somewhere from jonesboro that was always good yeah we've yeah we've been fortunate i mean we work we work pretty hard to get our kids exposed and you know take like taking those kids all over the different places those different tournaments you know it just puts them you know people are always like man why do you always do all that traveling you know why are you taking your kids or don't you get tired I mean, 
uh, I don't, I don't do it. Like, you know, that's one of the main reasons is to expose our kids, you know, to different coaches, you know, a lot of coaches, you know, they don't get out like they used to. And so, you know, we go to these big tournaments, you know, that everybody's there, you know, you, you know, like the beach ball classic and those ones over Christmas, you know, those, you know, back in the day, MJ Walker, we played in the city of Palms and the beach ball, you know, people don't realize those tournaments, a lot of those people that sit on that committee for the McDonald's all American game are at those tournaments, you know, cause that's why they invite, you know, those schools because, you know, they want to see those kids. If I feel like if, you know, if we would have never went to those tournaments and, you know, like back in the day, Tony Douglas, mm-hmm. you know, he, he was not, a, should he have been a McDonald's All-American? Yes. Was he? He wasn't. But we never went to those tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, and us going to those tournaments, like, you know, the people that, that see our kids is, is amazing. So um, that's a that's a big key, you know, is getting your kids out there so that people can see them. And that's been part of the reason why every year we have two or three kids signed because, you know, we not only work hard to promote our kids, you know, all over the country, we don't care where, you know, but we, we try and get our kids out in front of people to where they can be seen. Mm-hmm. Definitely understand that. Nothing, uh, props to you guys for, for doing that. Um, Cause I'm pretty sure it takes some sacrifice and time and some of everything. Um, like you said, travel, <laughs> it, um, it, but it, but it pays off. Um, that's all I have specifically, Coach. Um, anything else you want to add? Um, talk about, or say about the upcoming season. Uh, we're looking forward to it. You know, like I said, today's the last day of tryouts. Uh, we start um, first row practice tomorrow, and then you know we get our our football kids come out. Hopefully, uh, November seventh, I think, and then you know we got. Uh, the 8th, 9th, 10th to get ready. We got Tri-Cities as our first scrimmage at home. Um, that'll be a, a ton of people. will probably come to that, them being the defending state champs um, in their classification. Um, so, um, you know, we're looking forward to the season. Um, looking forward to get it, get it rolling. You know, this is, this is when I get a little extra pep in my step. And, you know, when basketball comes around, so I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm sure you are, man. Well, I... I appreciate you taking time to talk with me, um, and I wish you guys um, success and definitely health um, this season. Oh, I appreciate it, man. It was good talking to you too, man. No problem, man. Good talking to you, man. Uh, catch you next time. Thanks. All right, brother. All right. All right. Later. And well, folks, that's another edition of the All Basketball Podcast previewing the Jonesboro Cardinals and talking specifically to head coach Dale Manman. I'm sorry, Dan Melman. <laughs> um, about the upcoming season. Remember, please subscribe. Um, and this podcast can be, the All Basketball Podcast can be found on YouTube and your other listening platforms such as Spotify, Google, and Apple. Um, once again, I'm your host, Maurice Dixon. Thank you for listening. Peace and until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.